RTHK News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Todd Harding. Tonight's headlines. The chief executive lifts the flight ban on nine countries and halves quarantine for arrivals who test negative after those seven days. Hong Kong reports about 14,000 new COVID infections for the second day running. And a China Eastern jet has crashed in Guangxi with little hope of finding any survivors. Chief Executive Carrie Lam says she's lifting the flight ban on nine countries starting on the 1st of April as she laid out a roadmap towards normality during her daily COVID briefing. Violet Wong has more. Carrie Lam said Hong Kong residents who've gotten two jabs and test negative for COVID will be able to fly in from the nine countries, including Britain and the United States. The arrivals can leave their quarantine hotel on the seventh day at the earliest if their PCR tests on the fifth day and rapid tests on the sixth and seventh day are all negative. Meanwhile, Mrs. Lam suspended the previously announced compulsory citywide testing scheme. As she said, infections currently remain at a high level and it is only useful to test everyone at the beginning or towards the end of a major outbreak. She added that social distancing measures will be relaxed in three phases starting April the 21st, provided that the infections do not rebound. Nighttime dining will resume in restaurants in the first phase, and in phase two, bars, pubs and beaches will be allowed to reopen. There seems to be some confusion about the new quarantine order and whether arrivals have to book hotels for seven or 14 days. Ms Lai, whose daughter is studying in Canada and hasn't returned to Hong Kong for two years because of the pandemic, said some hotels she spoke to about getting her a room didn't seem to be sure what the requirement is now. I checked up to few hotels. One of them told me that I still need to make a 14-day quarantine hotel case because the isolation order was supposed to be valid for 14 days. But I think there's this confusion about it. People are not knowing whether we should book for seven days or 14 days. And and then finally, I managed to get one hotel's reply saying I can, you know, just book the room for seven days. Health officials reported some 14,000 new COVID infections today. The third day running, the tally is below 20,000. There were 223 more deaths, including some younger patients who suffered from underlying illnesses. But Dr. Chuang Shukwan of the Centre for Health Protection said there had been no infection reports from any previously unaffected care homes. She was asked if that meant outbreaks at the facilities have been contained. This is a good sign, but the reason may be that the overall situation has been stabilized in the past few days. And also, most of the residents in the care homes have been exposed to the virus. So uh, many of the cases have been already infected, and some of the others unexposed may have been vaccinated. So we still have to observe for uh, a longer period of time. Mainland media reports say there are no signs of survivors from a China Eastern Airlines jet that crashed into a mountain in Guangxi. The 737-800 jet carrying 132 people was flying from Gunming to Guangzhou when it dropped sharply from a cruising altitude of more than 29,000 feet. Mike Weeks has more. Media reports cited a rescue official as saying the plane had disintegrated on impact. The People's Daily quoted a provincial firefighter as saying there was no sign of life among the debris. The Civil Aviation Administration of China and China Eastern both said the aircraft, which had 123 passengers and nine crew on board, lost contact over the city of Wuzhou in Guangxi. 
Online weather data showed partly cloudy conditions with good visibility in the area at the time of the crash. President Xi Jinping called for investigators to determine the cause of the crash as soon as possible and to ensure absolute aviation safety. China Eastern immediately grounded its fleet of 737-800 planes. To the weather forecast, it'll be mainly cloudy with coastal fog. A few showers tomorrow with temperatures in the region of 21 to 25 degrees. There'll be isolated thunderstorms later tomorrow, which will become more frequent. Moderate easterly winds becoming light to moderate southerlies tomorrow. The outlook becoming appreciably cooler on Wednesday and the showers will be heavy at times with thunderstorms at first. Windy with occasional showers in the following few days. Currently the observatory, it's 21 degrees Celsius, humidity 94%. You're listening to RTHK, the time's exactly five minutes past 11. The Hong Kong Tourism Board says it's already laid out a work plan in preparation for the reopening of Hong Kong's borders, describing the lifting of the flight ban as a great step forward for the tourism sector. Dane Cheng is the Tourism Board's Executive Director. The announcement at the moment for uplifting the flight bans for the countries, this is a very good step forward that in due course, I hope once the whole environment of COVID has been under control, then we could slowly reopen to more visitors and with the shortening of the quarantine requirement. So this is a good thing for us in our work plan for this year. We have already built that in. It's a matter of when and how we want to do it. The president of the Federation of Restaurants, Simon Wong, says he expected social distancing rules to be eased sooner instead of in late April. Of course, we expect that the measures can be lifted or relaxed much sooner, for example, in a week's time, because we are actually ready to open up our premises, seeing that we have already about 92% of the population have already the jet. I think it's already quite safe to open up the measures. The hospital authority says all mainland medics in Hong Kong are now working in the Community Treatment Centre Asia World Expo. He added the centre hopes to reach its full capacity of 450 elderly patients from its current 250 patients within two weeks. Dr Larry Lee, a chief manager of the Authority explained that mainland and local medical personnel have similar jobs. We do the same things, we care the same patients, and we all serve in one heart to help Hong Kong to fight this battle. As for a very down-to-earth operations, of course in the beginning, I have assigned some of our Hong Kong doctors to help them regarding the computer systems or maybe the prescription habit. But I think that can be fade out in a later stage once they are getting more and more familiar with the systems. Hong Kong Disneyland says its net loss in the last financial year narrowed by 12% to $2.4 billion, thanks to a 64% year-on-year jump in visitor numbers. Its managing director, Michael Moriarty, says he's encouraged by the news that the park can resume operations from April the 21st because there are new attractions that people haven't seen yet. All of these things have not been seen before by tourists coming into Hong Kong. And so we have a huge product lineup waiting for our guests uh, right now, not to mention our special events. The other thing that's exciting is that, um, especially uh, for the GBA, 
we have not been able to fully exploit the benefit of the infrastructure improvements that have come to Hong Kong. So I think we're well positioned for, um, you know, not just April 21st, but to welcome the guests, the, the tourists in the second half of this year. Turning overseas, the European Union's foreign affairs chief has accused Russia of committing a massive war crime in its assault on Mariupol. Josep Borrell said Russia was bombing and killing people indiscriminately and completely destroying the city, one of what he said were many atrocities being carried out by Russia in Ukraine. Mr Borrell said Moscow is acting completely outside the rules of war. This is something awful. We have to condemn in the stronger terms. This is a war crime, a massive war crime what's happening in Mariupol. The city will be completely destroyed and people will be, are dying. The plight of residents in the embattled Ukrainian city of Mariupol looks set to continue after the latest attempts to agree a humanitarian corridor appear to have failed. The list of such corridors the Ukrainian authorities say has been agreed with Russian forces does not include Mariupol itself, although evacuations are planned for some areas of the surrounding region. Ukraine accuses Russia of stopping aid convoys into the city, where conditions are appalling after weeks of Russian blockade and bombardment. Ina Sovsun is a Ukrainian MP. The majority of the buildings have been destroyed. The Russians are not allowing uh, for the rescue workers to come close to the buildings which have been destroyed by their bombings. We know that about 800 people still remain under the rubble in the theater, which was bombarded a couple of days ago. We don't know how many of them are still alive. The mayor of Kiev, Vitaly Klitschko, has said several houses and a shopping centre were hit late on Sunday. Lesia Basalenko, an opposition MP in Ukraine and mother of three, described the overnight attacks. Yeah, it was a very tough night for Kiev. We had fears that even the downtown Kiev, like the centre, was attacked. But in fact, uh, our anti-air strike systems worked well and the centre, the downtown historic Kiev is still safe. But the outskirts was the shopping malls and Podil, which is not very central, but also a very nice, very fun area to hang out in normally are now on fire. Ukrainian officials say Russian shells have hit a chemical factory near the besieged northeastern city of Sumy, causing an ammonia leak. The provincial governor said an area of several square kilometres was affected by the toxic gas. Residents have been told to stay inside. The Moscow exchange has partially reopened for the first time since the day after the Russian operation in Ukraine began, but only for trading in government bonds. The central bank has yet to say when trading in stocks can resume, amid concerns over a market collapse. From Moscow, here's the BBC's Caroline Davies. This is just Russian government bonds that have been opened up, so really only a very partial amount of the stock exchange that's been reopened. But even that, at the moment, the price index has fallen by 9.4%, which is the lowest it's been now since December 2014. But still a stage of, of trying to sort of reopen, trying to, to bring some level of normality back. Although, of course, the impact of the sanctions will still be having a very strong effect on Russia and its economy. To other news, a COVID vaccine has been used in Britain for the first time to treat rather than prevent the disease. A man with a weakened immune system caught COVID-19 last year, remaining infectious for more than seven months. The BBC's James Gallagher has the details. 
Ian Lester was born with a weakened immune system. Once he caught COVID, his body couldn't shift the virus. Test after test showed he was still infected. His symptoms, including mucus on his lungs, a tight chest and fatigue, were getting worse the longer the infection went on. At the time, antivirals were not available, so the team at Cardiff University and the Immunodeficiency Centre for Wales tried something radical. They gave Ian two doses of the Pfizer vaccine as a treatment. It worked. It gave Ian's immune system enough of a boost to clear the virus. The British-Iranian woman, Nazanin Zaghari-Ratcliffe, has said it should not have taken five British foreign secretaries to secure her release from detention in Iran. At her first news conference since being freed, Ms Zaghari Ratcliffe said she did not want to hold a grudge, but her release should have happened six years ago, when she was first detained. Ms Zaghari Ratcliffe has said that freedom would never be complete until all those unjustly detained in Iran are released. The United Nations Secretary-General Antonio Guterres has warned that the world is sleepwalking to climate catastrophe, with carbon pollution on the increase. Our planet has already warmed by as much as 1.2 degrees and we see the devastating consequences everywhere. In 2020, climate disasters forced 30 million people to flee their homes, three times more than those displaced by war and violence. Mr Guterres also told a sustainability conference in London the planet-saving goal of limiting global warming to 1.5 degrees Celsius, already on life support, has been further threatened by the conflict in Ukraine. The UN estimates that meeting that target will require a 45% drop in emissions by 2030. A United Nations delegation is beginning an assessment of the state of the world's largest coral reef off the eastern coast of Australia. The UN last year recommended the Great Barrier Reef be added to the World Heritage Committee's endangered list because of damage caused by climate change. The Australian government lobbied against such a move, but Dr Jody Rummer from James Cook University in Queensland said it may be what's needed to highlight the danger the reef faces. If that's the wake-up call that we here in Australia need to have, then that's the wake-up call that we need to have. That also says that we need help and that we need to make rapid and urgent efforts to address that number one problem that the Great Barrier Reef is facing, which is climate change. To sports and tennis, Rafa Nadal has been beaten for the first time this season. The Australian Open champion lost to the American Taylor Fritz in straight sets in the final at Indian Wells. I honestly am sad because the way that I, I, I was not able to compete. Uh, the last uh, two months, uh, I enjoyed things that I never thought that I could uh, live again uh, a few months ago. So, yeah, uh, have been amazing, and now it's the moment to to try to solve this problem as soon as possible. And that's the news from RTHK.
the reception A glance of wine and a hand I knew she was gonna meet her connection At her feet was but news man can't always get what you want You can't always get what you want You can't always get what you want But if you try sometimes You might find Just my fine. 